TTB Music Podcast. Uh, first of all, apologies. It's been what are you a while. Apologising for now. Well, we <laughs> we apologised last time because I, re- I I reviewed a, a different album. Yeah, we reviewed different records. Last time, yeah. <laughs> okay. Some people thought that was an improvement. Yeah, that's a really interesting record. True. Um, this time it's because we're a bit late in doing this because we're usually quite good at doing this roughly once a month, but it's probably been about six weeks since we last. Is it that long? Did one, uh, which we are going to make up for, listeners, by by cramming another one in this month <laughs> <laughs> so so the the quality of that those reviews will probably be really good cool uh, however it does mean what we've had uh, it means we have had a reasonable amount of time to re- to uh, look over and have we listen <laughs> yes yeah yes. surely on your travels yes yes we have um, so Pet Shop Boys of course super we shall find out shortly if it is or not uh, yes say amen and goodbye Deftones Gore, Bob Mould Patch the Sky, Parquet Courts, Human Performance, and The Last Shadow Puppets, uh, everything you've come to expect. So we shall start, of course, with Pete, and of course with Pet Shop Boys, and um, their 13th album. Uh-huh. And, and the second in the trilogy, and we, and we did... We did do the last one as well, we didn't we? We did do Electric, uh, and this is the second album in a proposed trilogy with uh, producer Stuart Price. Here we go. Right, okay. I remember the last time I reviewed a Pet Shop Boys album, um, I went into automatic nitpicking mode. Yes, you did. You did, in fact. In fact, if anything, I, I possibly seemed, on the review, if you listened to the review, yeah. I, I came out seemingly liking it slightly more than you did, yeah, which no, is quite surprising. The, 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 album, the album itself was absolutely bloody perfect. Um, so I don't know why that one came from. So I'm going to approach this review slightly differently. I'm going to start with the outset and saying, "Yeah, I really like this album. Um, you know, this is a, a superb pop record." Okay, let's get that out of the way. Now the nitpicking. <laughs> you said superb pop record. Superb. Do you see what I did there? Superb. Yeah. Um, now this is this is a. I feel this is a very much a return to format. Uh, after Electric, which I like of course, it. Return yeah, to format, very good. Format. Oh, he's um, on form tonight, people. Yeah, he's on form. Um, it, after the return, after the, the return to form of, of Electric, um, which was very much an, a, a, a sort of banging lasers and dance tunes album, um, this feels more like the traditional Pet Shop Boys album in that you know you've got twelve tracks, you have um, pop tunes, you have classic Neil doing geopolitical or history nonsense and and then you have some banging tunes in there as well whoop, um, whoop. so I feel this is very much a return to format in terms of its immediate impact I will be honest at this point did not like this album as much as the previous one however okay. th- there's some very good stuff in here which comes out on repeated listen which I actually very much enjoyed um, Not, I'll be honest with you again another nitpick not the biggest fan of the opening single. No, although once you've heard it seventy-five billion times, it yeah. does kind of it does dig in. Off on yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, but I have to say, whereas this the, the previous album, whilst being very much recorded now with a nod to the eighties with the cowbells and whatnot, 
this one has very much a nod to the 90s, which I think is brave territory for the Pet Shop Boys, if you know the history of the band. Um, not the best decade for them. Had they released tracks of this nature um, during that decade, I, I've no doubt they'd have been much more popular. Um, however, they're doing it now, so hey, let's move on. Um, I found this album um, is a grower. Okay. Very much a grower. Uh, and apart from the single, which is okay, um, I would pull out... Uh, I'm only going to pull out two tracks. I could pull out ten tracks. But for the sake of this, this review and for the sake of brevity, I'll pull out two tracks and I will pull out The Dictator Decides. Yes. For some of that aforementioned Neil-based geopolitical nonsense. And, his do and, him, doing, and, and him doing his uh, best Leonard Cohen impersonation. Exactly. Um, and I will also pull out Inner Sanctum. Okay. Which is one of the uh, fun, dancey pop The fun, dancey pop, barely any lyrics, mostly instrumental, banging yeah. tunes and lasers. You'd be unsurprised to find out I quite like that one. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> um, a little nod back to Electric, I thought, with that track in particular as well, um, which, of course, was an, was an awesome album. So I would give this, I'd give this 9 out of 10. Wow. Um, yeah. Um, so since we started doing this pod podcast, um, given that one of the things that we said at the start, the start was the fact that I didn't like the Pet Shop Boys. We've reviewed quite a few Pet Shop Boys records now, seemingly. Um, and I've been quite kind to, to all of them. Uh, <clears throat> and I have to say, on the first listen to this album, um, um, part of me was feeling quite good, because I was mm. thinking, good, I can turn up to the podcast and give it a good kicking. Yeah. Because uh, I thought it was a bit crap. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I will, uh, you know, I have to confess, having, having, uh, sadly, sorry, re listeners, there's a readers there, sorry, listeners, um, it is a grower, and uh, it, it does seem a clear attempt on, on part of the band to kind of attempt to kind of harness and mine both their own um, disco past, as you mm, said, kind of add that kind of history. house, that kind of house element yeah. into it as well, particularly, very I think. Very much the 90s past as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's, it d definitely does seem like it's a, a more Chris-driven record, overall, sound-wise. Mm. Um, so you've, probably, you've probably picked out the best track on the album. I think The Dictator Decides um, is by far the best thing on it. Um, although, bizarrely, it's the thing that fits in least with the rest of the album. True. Um, as I say, it is very much like a, a Leonard Cohen, um, I'm Your Man kind of mm. period. Leonard Cohen. Um but elsewhere on the album, it's because it, there, there is some kind of fun stuff. You've got Twenty Something and Sad Robot World, both of which lean very heavily on craft work. Um, the uh, former sounding a bit like a marriage between Sparks and Aha. Uh -huh. Yeah. Um, you have uh, Blue Monday cropping up in Pazzo, <laughs> uh, which which I found quite amusing. Um, and as you say, you, you've got things like Inner Sanctum, Burn, Happiness, which are all kind of just fun pop tunes, really. Yeah. Um, it's very much a dance floor album very, very much aimed at people getting up and boogieing very much um, and it's you know bright up tempo and overall I have to admit I actually quite liked it <laughs> I did wonder I did wonder because I know you liked the last one yeah I did quite like the last I one I felt this one was returning more to as I said at the start more to format um, in terms of number of tracks and stuff uh, I have to say I, I'm, I'm finding I'm finding the slow one on side two which they seem to do every time um, perhaps, perhaps brings the tempo back down uh, and in this case it was Sad Robot World which is fine 20 something was amusing because obviously all that talk of uh, 
waiting for ideas to trend and, and uh, yeah. you know, very much fed into the zeitgeist of, of one particular city I can think of. Uh, but that said, um, there's a lot on here to get your teeth into, and I think repeated listening does reward once again. Well done. <clears throat> very good. Yeah. So we move on. Uh, we move on to the uh, fourth album by uh, Yesaya, Amen and Goodbye. Uh, regular listeners to the podcast, there are a couple, uh, may remember uh, we have reviewed the last two albums. Uh, uh, the second album, which was um, Odd Blood, uh, was a big favourite of both yours yeah, and, and, and mine. It's uh, one of those classic kind of uh, albums that kind of blended psychedelic weirdness with 80s pop sensibilities and... Uh, and just, just actually some general weirdness, but produced an album full of actually engaging and interesting tracks. Um, it's fair to say we were less than enamoured with the follow-up record, Fragrant World, yeah. um, which seemed to deliberately avoid doing any, anything. Anything that, we liked. Yeah. <laughs> Although, uh, to, be fair, to be fair to them, it, the, the thing that had in common with both the, the, the two albums previous to that was each album had been remarkably different from the previous one, and it's that classic thing that we're always criticising bands for mm. not changing, and then occasionally when they do change, we're like, no, no, I'm not sure about that. Um, <laughs> you know, we're allowed to be fickle. Uh, so this one changes again. Uh, this is definitely a uh, change again. Uh, relies less on the kind of synth soundscapes that the two previous albums have. Um, but the good news for me, at least, is that the pop sensibilities are definitely back. Mm. Uh, it doesn't take long for my positive memories of Odd Blood to come rushing back with this record. Mm. Um, and indeed, I think they've succeeded in taking the best bits of their first three albums and blending it into possibly what may be, I think, their best album to date. Um, yeah. Kicks off with a bit of kind of Pink Floyd, Beach Boys kind of dreaminess kind of thing, verging on Spinal Tap. Yeah. Just saying it, there, uh, which segs beautifully into um, "I Am Chemistry," which is a great pop song, which kind of opens up various lay- layer- layers of kind of uh, guitar into synth, and then the first appearance of several of uh, Susie Roach of the Roaches, mm-hmm. um, which adds a female voice to the whole thing, which I think lifts this album up that extra step. Um, on this particular track, it's like she's a group. It sounds like it's a group of children singing, frankly. Yeah. Uh, it's her, but uh, she also appears in. Um, I'm trying to think what else it is in Dead Sea Scrolls and a couple of other things. Um, and this album just worked for me uh, on, on every, every every level. The songs are strong. They're fun. They're well written, well produced. You can hum them. You've got elements of Crosby, Stills, Nash, the Beatles on kind of Prophecy Gun and stuff like stuff like that. Uh, you've got a theremin playing one song. Uma can't be a big bit of theremin. Um, <laughs> that's what I say. Uh, silly Me, which is just a perfectly silly throwaway pop song, uh, and um, there's a great track at the end of the album called Cold Night, which is a kind of tale of suicide, which has the great line: "Is there something I could have told you to carry you through the cold night?" Which I think is just a a great lyric and uh, yeah overall I think this album is like I said possibly their best album and very good 
Yeah, I'm, I'm inclined to agree with you to a point. Um, I still think the Ace, um, I still think um, Odd of Blood is the um, is my preferred album. Yeah, if I'm honest, um, I I found I found this one a little bit slower in places, and and what I really liked about Yesaya is is what they did on that second album. And hey, on this occasion, I don't want the band to change. <laughs> I want them to do the same thing. Um, having said that, um, this is a a in my mind it it has it has more to offer in terms of in terms of in terms of their musical style it has more to offer a listener on repeated listen once again and again this was an album that i listened to the first time and i was just like mm, 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 mm. yeah because memory of the obviously the, the previous album yeah fragrant world yeah yes. which you know i remember being completely underwhelmed by but actually yes this is this is far this is far better um so maybe it's their best album um it's not my favorite album but maybe it's their best album maybe you're right there um and again Really liked when they did reference back to the Odd Blood period as well. Yeah, uh, particularly later on. Was it Child Prodigy? Oh, is it kind of one, yeah. one particular track where it goes very Odd Blood, and I was just like, "Yeah, this is what I'm liking," you know. Um, and of course, you know that builds on some of the some of the other tracks you mentioned uh, in terms of Silly Me. Yes, uh, Dead Sea Scrolls, obviously. Um, but yeah, I found I found the second half of the album I actually enjoyed a lot more. Ah, so, another one of your famous second half of the album. Yeah, exactly. I always prefer the second half of the first half. Um, so it's one of those. Um, Interesting. I have a comment about the second half of one of the albums in the, in, in the, in the podcast. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As opposed to the, <laughs> so it's the Pet Shop Boys album. I prefer the first half. Now, I don't know if the title's a giveaway. I hope this is not their last album. Yeah, I don't think it is. No, um, but it has very much, <coughs> a, very much a sign off. Um, but that said, I uh, hope to hear more from them, and I still kind of really want them to be big. I really want them to... Yeah. You know what I mean? It'd be nice. Yeah, it'd be nice that this band deserves success, um, uh, and they've gone through the, 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 the run of, of, of productions and what they're going to do. Um, so yeah, I really, ho- I really hope that they are successful. Maybe the fifth album. Indeed. Right, uh, now turn the volume up a little a tad. Uh, oh, gosh, yeah. For the uh, eighth <laughs> studio album from a uh, Californian um, heavy metal band. Uh, I'll say, well, say, it's one of those classic say heavy metal band because they are classed as kind of heavy metal, but they, they came mm-hmm. up in that whole new wave thing. But mm-hmm. also, they have, you know, it is fa- famously they were once described, um, I think about five or six years ago, as. Um, what Radiohead would sound like if they became a metal band, which I think is actually, a, which I actually think is a better description of yeah. the Deftones sound. Um, anyway, like I said, eighth album, uh, Gore, yeah. Gore, 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 Gore. Um, again, uh, repeated viewing or listening is necessary. Uh, this album, um, of, of the six that we selected. This evening was the one I probably struggled most with. Yeah. Initially, that said, um, there is a real pearl jam to this. Well, yeah, there's, there's, there's a whole there's that, there. there is. I mean, the, the whole thing. Like I said they, I mean, they came up with with bands like Corn and that yeah. whole kind of new metal thing. Yeah, but, it's the new but metal the, thing. But there's the as you say, there is that. But kind it actually of, goes further back than that. Yeah, there is yeah. that pearl jam, Soundgarden, yeah. Smashing Pumpkins yeah. vibe Smashing about various Pumpkins bits of it as well. Yeah. yeah. 
Absolutely. Uh, so, so to describe them as a metal band is way off. Um, but to describe them as some sort of grunge act is probably not accurate either. Um, this is it's, it's it's an interesting it's an interesting album, um, and I mean high, particular highlights if we're going to pick them out. Um, I like Prayers and Triangles, which is the, the first track. The opener, yeah. The opening track sort of sets the scene. Then it gets louder. Then it gets much louder. Um, Acid Hologram, really cool. Um, and further on, Hearts Wires and Petura Infam. Infam. Yeah, whatever. Infamante. Yeah, can can give, give us titles that we can pronounce? Yes, please. please. Thank you. Um, re yeah, really good. Uh, so, and also quite short. Uh, actually, which is common, uh, bizarrely, I think it's the longest album on the, yeah, on the, on the list that we've used. quite sure. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, passes passes through the time um, quite 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 nicely. Um, so, as I say, probably not my favourite album of the podcast, uh, but probably one of the better rock albums that we've heard for a while. Yeah, I mean, I think this, to use your uh, old favourite too, I think, I think this is a classic case of a solid album. I, I try not to say that. Really? Um you know, it's one of those albums that's actually quite enjoyable to listen to while you're listening whilst you're listening to it, mm. without it necessarily being something you feel you're going to be overly drawn back to. No. Um, that said, uh, as you as you as you rightly pointed out, there are some uh, really nice moments in the album. Starts off quite quite strong. Mm. Um, there's some nice kind of uh, touches of kind of light and dark on the kind of. Yeah turning up the volume and turning down the volume kind of thing that worked very well and towards the end of the album um, the second last track Phantom Bride which features um, the guitarist from um, Alice in Chains actually on I think is possibly the most um, commercial track on the album it's very dare say poppy but it is it is actually quite a poppy song in the context of this record um, it's also a very good track um, and it's one that I think would not surprise me if when you kind of start checking out the kind of stats on Spotify and Apple mm. and stuff like that of most played tracks, it wouldn't surprise me if that turns out to be the track that is played most of this particular record. Yeah. Um, but I agree with you. I think it's 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 that they they are quite an interesting band. It's quite, and I think this album shows why they've had the staying power that, that they've that they've had because they have been not afraid to kind of you know experiment and within the kind of genre yeah and not be kind of confined by the uh, the new or indeed old metal label yeah. um in fact for for one check out uh previously there's a really good song which i think is called pink cell phone uh which featured uh annie hardy of giant drag uh, about uh five six years ago which is well worth checking out really good track yeah um, <clears throat> so, moving on from the Deftones, although not necessarily turning the volume down, uh, we move on to uh, the latest album from uh, Bob Mould. Um, for those who know, that, know their music, he started off with, in Husker Du, and mm -hmm. then on, moved on to a band called Sugar. And I think it's fair to say that uh, he has a distinct sound, and that distinct sound was a sound that was pretty much created in the kind of Husker Du days, of that kind of um, pseudo-lo-fi indie sound mm. uh, in fact probably you could argue that's been a template uh, if in a polished form um, for virtually every kind of pop punk band that uh, <laughs> we've heard over the last 20 years from Green Day to uh, seconds, five seconds of summer and on some um, 
um, see Hansa tied on this track for on this album for proof of that. Um, and also, there are a band who clearly influenced bands like, um, or he is someone that's clearly influenced bands like Nirvana and the Foo Fighters, Pearl Jam, and Rose of the Beatles. Um, basically, you know what you're getting with Bob, Bob Mould, particularly when he's in angry mode. It's loud guitars, and he's got a really good uh, three piece playing on this album. Um, so they are a power trio, as the uh, <laughs> thing goes. And they're a power trio that make a lot of noise. Um, the thing that makes Bob Mould for me stand out from other people that are just making a lot of noise is whilst he makes a lot of noise, he still has good pop sensibilities Absolutely. as well. Yeah. Um, so whatever he's doing, there's usually really good yeah. pop tunes in there, even if he is playing them very, very loud. Uh, on this album, it's quite a dark record. Um, because um, his, his mom had died when he started writing this album and I think he had problems in the relationship um, so I think the, the line I think is in the final track uh, Monuments pretty much sums up the overall tone which is um, I try to be happy every day but my black heart it burns which kind of sums up the overall mood lyrically at least of the album um, but saying that you've got that dark lyrics and yet they're surrounded by melody. So you've got songs like Pray for Rain, which is quite cheery, mm. uh, end of things, equ- equ- equally, yeah. um, that are kind of very upbeat, kind of, you know, thinking, yeah, yeah, da, 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 kind, 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 of, kind of things. And yet it's all kind of grimness going on behind. Um, so it's, it's, you know, it's one of those albums that if you like Bob Mould, you're going to like this album because it's pretty much Bob Mould doing what Bob Mould does. Um, if you don't know Bob Mould or have never heard of Bob Mould, it's a reasonable album to get acquainted with him with in my opinion I'd, I'd agree with that latter statement having not known Bob Mould um, a solo career you know at least um, yeah no, I completely agree with that uh, it's um, and the other thing you said there about, about it being actually a pop album um, appealed to me as well because yeah. it is there is a real pop sensibility to, to every track on this album despite the tone despite the lyrics you know it's it's just constructed in such a way that um, you know it has that it has that appeal um, as, a, as a as a pop singer or a pop songer a singer songwriter and yet isn't a pop album clearly no yeah um, so that's that, that's that's good I like that oh no I can see um, pray for rain in particular I, I, I you know you probably slap me afterwards for saying this but um, I got, I got a real sense of Noel Gallagher at one point in the middle of this album somewhere. Um, well, wouldn't surprise me. Well, sure, Noel Gallagher's. And I'm sure he's. I'm sure Noel Gallagher's. Knows who Bob yeah. is. Oh, absolutely. Um, but it was kind. Of, it was that sort of upbeat, you know, uh, quite maudlin, but yet upbeat at the same time sound that 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 he's sort of running with these days. Um, it really sort of smacked me of that as well. Um, now this is it. This was. I'm going to use it. I'm going to use it. This was a solid album. I said, well, I, a, I did make a note of a lyric, another lyric that I really liked, actually. It's, on, it's in the end of things, which I really like this bit. It says, I didn't want to play the song that gave people so much hope. I turned my back and turned away. Here's the rope that made me choke. Yes. Another one of the cheery moments. Another on the one road. of those cheery pop lyrics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, 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 it's got that. But also it's like on Daddy's Favourite, the, the riff in Daddy's Favourite that, frankly, Kiss would be proud of. Mm. It's kind of it's it's the kind of big rock, there's a big rock big riff big in there. Rock, it's just yeah. uh, you know it's but yeah. Um, staying with indie, I suppose, <laughs> but but certainly turning the volume down a tad. Oh, uh, we move on to uh, the uh, fifth album from uh, Parquet Courts, Human Performance, uh, a band that previous albums have been quite highly rated critically. 
uh, although it's the first one that um, we have reviewed. Really? Um, although this one, apparently, I did read this is this is this is them going more pop than their previous oh, output. Right. Okay. Um, this album, for me, was pro- of, of of the the uh, rock albums that we've reviewed. Yes. This, this month, this was probably the most enjoyable for me. Um, it very much. I don't think we've had a classic indie album for quite a while. This is this is getting close. This is getting close. Sweet. Um, yeah, this is, this is really, really good album in terms of that that sort of indie sensibility. It has that. At times, it has that lo-fi feel. At times, it has that very much um, Americana feel. Um, this, it, for me, I was. Tra- what what I liked about this is I was transported to another place listening to this album. Yeah, and it's not necessarily a place I go to. Uh, musically, but but for me, I sat and listened to this album uh, a few times, and and I, f- I found that on every listen, I was repeatedly rewarded with 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 something new, um, which is great. Uh, so that's 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 why I like this particular record. And again, um, oh, I'm going to go first half or second half. I know it's, it's throughout. It, there are some some good pop tunes in here that aren't necessarily pop. And uh, there were some callbacks to sort of classic 70s music as well, yeah. which I found really enjoyable. There was one track in particular I was convinced Bowie was there. Well, hey, maybe he was. Um, so, you know. We see Bowie everywhere. Yeah, we see Bowie everywhere now. Um, and and that, was, that was very enjoyable. Uh, and it's not even the track called Berlin. Uh, it's the one before. So, uh, Berlin got blurry is quite, quite a funny track. That's a track about, you know, being racking up somewhere as a, as a kind of tourist and yeah. not knowing anything and trying to kind of make head or tail of your new new surroundings, which is quite funny. Which is almost quite Bowie-esque, I guess. Uh, yeah, no, really enjoyable record, this one. Um, what did you think? It's a grower. It's a grower. Yeah. It's def- 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 definitely a grower. Um, and I agree with much of what you said it is there's some, there's some it is a, another good pop record actually mm. as, as you say there's elements of um elements of the kind of band you might expect to be referenced so you know talking heads particularly uh, one man one city two dead cops have a very talking heads vibe to him you've got some pixies touch of rem um the um jarringness of kind of I was just here and paraphrased reminded me of a band called Swimpool Cues particularly their debut album um, but then you've just got straight out joy in songs like Dust which is you know it's got a great kind of that, that kind of riff and then going sweet mm. sweet mm. Um, or One Man No City where you've got congas mm. not enough congas on albums I think that's what I say um Although I say that, I plan to do the new Santana album next podcast, so I'm, I would be very surprised if not some congas on the Santana album. Um, and, and yeah, it's a, it's a really, really good indie record. Interesting, again, interesting lyrically, you've got Two Dead Cops, which is about um, two police officers who were um, killed in New York in 2014, uh, and kind of comparing how that was dealt with compared to, obviously, the mm. shootings of several plaque people by uh, the police uh, and, and so it's it's kind of yeah it's an interesting kind of vibe to the, the whole record but yeah it's it, overall uh, it's a, a very good record which I think 
will get better with even more listens. I think so. The same for me, at least, cannot be said for our final album. Uh, the second album from Les Shadow Puppets. Mm-hmm. Uh, eight, eight years since the last one, I think. Really? Um, really? Yeah. Well, now I feel old. <laughs> so it's Miles Kane and um, Alex... God, what's his name? Mills? No. Miles Kane and Alex... Turner. Turner. God, yeah. yeah, we really are getting old. I know. <laughs> Yeah, so the, the the first the first album was one that was heavily bathed, I think, say in the in the sixties, and uh, well, the sixties and it had sort of definitely had kind of Scott Walker and some Bowie influences mm-hmm. in it. Uh, we clearly haven't lost the Scott Walker and Bowie influences no. on this, this album. They're still <laughs> they're still there. Uh, we have lots of strings in this album to enhance the uh, the vibiness, shall we say. Yeah. Um, and in addition to that, I should say, on the Bowie front as well, uh, you know, the, the actual element, song element of surprise uh, nods quite strongly to Let's Dance in its rhythm uh, arrangement. But, in addition to that, we also have some Rundgren. Ping! Ping! Uh, and some Style Council, amongst other Ping. things. Um, <laughs> so... Um, on, yeah. on on Dracula Teeth, yeah. particularly, that's just, it really, really sounds like the Style Council. Um, and the title track itself is the one that certainly has uh, elements of Todd to it. And for a change, it's not just me saying that, because uh, when interviewed about things they were listening to when this album was in preparation, Alex Turner did say, and I quote, there were some Todd Rundgren songs and a Ned, and a Ned Donaghy album and Hard Candy, as well as the Style Council. So, whilst I was sitting there pulling out, pulling out those things when I was listening to it, I kind of realised it wasn't just me for change, just kind of going, oh, there's Scott hearing Todd everywhere. That's why they were going. Uh, there actually was. And also there's a, a big helping of T-Rex and stuff like that. And it's one of these albums that uh, the overall vibe of it's very kind of relaxed in a kind of, you know, pipe and slippers, feet up kind <laughs> of way. And as such, I think it's kind of perched on a fence between self-indulgence and carefree fun enjoyment. Mm. The reason for me it doesn't need it satisfies neither of those in the end is because I think pattern probably aside, I think the second half of the album just isn't very good. Mm. Uh, first half of the album I think is is, is quite strong, yeah. quite good. Second half of the album is a bit kind of, Neh. and uh, all three times I listened to this album, I was bored and uh, distracted mm. by the time I got to the end of the album. Mm. That's a fair comment. Fair comment. Um, my problem with uh, the last Shadow Puppets is I feel exactly the same way about the first album. Mm. Listening to it many years later, um, obviously that was released in a in a wave of love for all things Arctic Monkeys. Indeed, yes. And uh, and oh, interesting side project. Um, and very much influenced, I think, the reception that got at the time. Whereas this, yeah, it doesn't quite carry through with the substance. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, exactly um, what I mean. It, it doesn't quite, you know, I want to like this record because, I, I, I mean, despite what I've just said about the first one, I didn't much mind it. Um, but yeah, this one just, it's not, I, I can't see myself coming back to this record now that we have reviewed it, which is such a shame because 
there was a time, of course, when I thought Harry Turner and, and Turner and the Arctic Monkeys were the next Beatles, you know. But here we are ten years later and, yeah, <coughs> that, that dream has died. Uh, so, Wings! <coughs> yes, so, so we're into Wings. And, yeah, it is verging on the self-indulgent. Uh, there's even a track towards the end where they do actually reference themselves, theoretically speaking. There is, yes. Although I actually thought that was quite funny. Yeah, it, it was one of those classic Alex Turner sort of nods. But, but uh, yeah, anyway, that side. Um, you know, it does start well. Um, it has moved more towards 70s, <coughs> 80s rather than, than the classic sort of 60s model of the first record. All those elements you've listed are still there. If you liked the first album, yes, then you'll probably like this. But I like yeah, the first album yeah, I think back in the day. But have, have time has passed and maybe I don't listen to it so much. Um, so actually this one fell a bit flat. All right, well, that's the album's over with, but uh, I suppose we should uh, at least say a word for uh, yet another death. Yeah, um, and the death of the death of Prince. It's, it's um, oh, I mean, bloody hell. Uh, it for me, um, and you may feel differently. Um, uh, Prince for me came at a time in my own appreciation of music. Yeah, uh, where obviously the hits were there, and actually Prince meant more to me than. Uh, when you sort of think about commercial comparisons at the time, you think about Madonna and you think about Michael Jackson. Oh. Prince, to me, continued to mean more. Yes. Although perhaps the success of the other two was perhaps more obvious, if that makes sense. Well, yeah, well they did have... The, well, the, yeah. the, they were... They were more, out there. The they, more, were they, were, they, have, they were more consistent in, yeah. their, in, their, in their hit-making, although, yeah. although clearly... Well, actually, I was about to say less very. That's that's probably being slightly unkind to both of them, but they were. You can you can still put a Prince record on now. I'm thinking particularly from the Purple Rain '99 period. Yeah, and it still raises the the hairs on the back of the head. Um, for me, this was not. I mean, this was a complete shock. Don't get me yeah, wrong. indeed, an absolute shock. And I thought, what what flipping shame. Um, it it for me, it's not had the impact of Bowie. No, ditto. And, uh, but at the same time, if we were going to do a, a little tribute <laughs> to various artists that have sadly passed on this year... Already, yeah. Already. It's probably longer than all the pod- podcasts that we've recorded. Yeah. How are you, yourself? How are you feeling? Yeah, shame, again, it's a shame to lose anybody that is as genuinely... Absolutely. ...as talented and inventive yeah. as an artist as Prince was. Which is not to say that he didn't record some shite, because he recorded lots of shite, in my opinion. However, however it's, it's, it made me think back to, again... I'm not sure the first time I actually heard him, but the, fir- the first thing that sticks in my head um, would have been listening to an edition of... Um, Round Table on Radio 1, which is where they used to review singles. Something that's been revived on uh, Six Music with Steve Lamack, yeah, I, noti- yeah. I noticed the other week. Um, which I think, was, I think when Mike Reed was doing it, it was called Stingled Out for a while. Uh, <laughs> Mike Reed. But anyway, they were, uh, and this might have been a Mike Reed per- period, but yeah, one, I'm not yeah. sure, but they were, they were reviewing the singles, and, and it, was, it, was either, it was either a little red Corvette or 1999, I can't remember yeah. for the life of me at the moment which one it was. But I remembered all the members of the panel really just raving about it 
and in particular Noddy Holder. Slade, yeah. who said he'd seen him like seen him seen him yeah. live and had just been blown blown away. Yeah. And I after quiz, I'd kind of listened to the bit of the track they played, and I kind of thought, yeah, that's a bit rubbish to me, you know, with my heavy metal hat on, mm. not really kind of thing. Um, and so I didn't really think about it. And then, and then bizarrely, in between that, so that'd have been about '82, I guess. So between that and '84, which is when Purple Rain came out, I suppose I'd I, I'd heard a couple of tracks off the uh, Controversy album. Mm. <laughs> uh, Do Me Baby and uh, Jack You Off and, and if people are aware of the song Jack You Off it is pretty much as it sounds and clearly my puerile teenager self thought that was hysterically funny yeah. uh, and so I kind of thought oh this is, maybe, maybe it's alright and then of course Purple Rain came out and then suddenly you had floods of heavy metal people kind of going oh well he plays guitar alright yeah mm. that's exactly. fine seems to be alright yeah well, bizarrely, on that other uh, album, then and still to this day, even 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 now, uh, when Doves Cry is still my favourite track on the album. It's my favourite track when it came out. You know, it's the track that doesn't have any guitars on it. Um, oh, that's this is actually there is a guitar at the start, isn't there? Yes. Which is usually which is usually cut off any time they play it on the yeah. radio. Um, and from from then on, I suppose I bec- I, I did become I, I became I did become a fan of fan of fan of sorts, but. Uh, a fan I said, like I said, was that was loved, hated, and indifferent to various bits of Prince. He was very, very much an artist who, for me, didn't release many great albums. There was always great stuff on the albums, but there was always, at least for my musical taste, dross on the albums as well. Yeah. I, th- I think that's the point. I think, I think he, um, he. he you could play you could play one of his tracks at an indie disco. Um, you could play one of his tracks at an eighties night. Clearly, clear. You could play one of his tracks now. Yeah. Uh, he spanned. He spanned that sort of period from the late seventies funk right through to to R and B. I mean, I remember "Most Beautiful Girl in the World." It's yeah. A classic tune. Terrible period for him. Terrible album. Yeah. Terrible album. Terrible period. Full stop. But you know, it's a classic tune. And and then of course there was all the work that he did with so many other artists. I mean, we we reviewed the um, um, what were they called? The 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 the, the, the three the three. Yes, yes. I know you mean. I can't think of his name. Hard-eyed girl or something. Yeah. Um. You know. Um. And apologies that I've got that plainly wrong, listener. Um. We reviewed that album, and that album was awesome. And we only did that a couple of years ago. Uh. But there was all the stuff that he wrote for other people. I mean, nothing compares to you stands out but yeah. it was much much more as well yeah I mean it, it is as you say it is that kind of, that, that kind, of, kind of thing and, and well, luckily I got to see him live on when he oh, did that when, when he did the 21 nights at the O2 yeah um, lucky to see him live and it was uh, definitely one of those things when you know you are we're just thinking yeah this is there's a reason why some people say someone has it or Mm. For the famous X Factor, yes, because it, he was definitely one of those artists. He, he owned yeah. the stage, but the thing was, his swagger was matched with his uh, musicianship, and that's why. Yeah, yes. that and, and he was clearly someone that loved to play music. You know, this was a man. Let's not forget who would get up on stage, play a two and a half hour, three hour set, jump off stage, jump into a car, go go down to a local club, have a 
have, have a drink, have a bite to eat, and then get up on stage and jam for another two and a half hours. Exactly. Three-eyed girl. Three-eyed girl. Because yeah. obviously there's three. Plectrum Electrum. Yeah, actually. you said that. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it, 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 it is... Yeah, it, it, it's, it's, uh, it's sad, but, you know, he's left us with uh, a lot of good music. So, quite, um, quite a legacy. I remember... I mean, the final, final thought for me is... Um, I think it's in the it's, I think it's in the sleeve notes for Nine Inch Nails' "Pretty Hate Machine" hmm. of all albums, Prince is cited as as an influence, and I think it's that that ethos of the man playing his instruments and playing them all to such a a level of professionalism and musical genius that that that, that obviously Trent Reznor pulled out as well. That Indeed, was something that he wanted to emulate. Yep, I'll stop there. And, you know, last week, as a final note, Prince would have been happy because sometimes it does snow in April. Hey! Cool. On that note, kiddies. On that note. Can I open this now? Uh, yeah, you can open that now. Can I, I open I, it now? I'm stopping the podcast now. You're stopping the podcast? Yeah. It doesn't make great radio, does it? Yeah. Oh no! Actually, actually, it's musical, musically related. So I suppose, I, so I suppose, I, so I suppose, I could leave it on. It's a, it's a, it's a birthday present. Uh, 1971. Never a dull moment. Rock's Golden Year by David Hepworth. I shall look forward to that. Thank you so much. <laughs> Review next podcast. <laughs> You've been listening to the CTTV Music Podcast.